Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Health Science Podcast. My name is Devin Box and I'm your host. Music is brought to you by the talented Chase Drew. Mm-hmm. Check out his music wherever you stream. And if you're into metal music, you'll love his new band. It's called Road to Elysium. Go stream it now. Yes, sir. My co-host is Zachary Hunter. And fun fact about Zach, he's such a Christmas maniac that now that it's November, he's starting to put Christmas vinyls on. Yep, that's so true. If you're looking to get Zach an early Christmas gift, go over to the Fiscal Frisk. Um, give her a listen every Thursday morning. Get frisky with your finances. Ooh, that's the best gift, honestly. Just go listen to the Fiscal Frisk. That's <laughs> all I need. A gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> now to today's subject. So with the U.S. election going on, I was reminded of uh, the psychology of choices. So right. I wanted to cover a paper that dives into exactly why we make the choices we do. And in this case, um, how they might actually be influenced early in life. Now, this doesn't have to do with the election whatsoever. Um, just the essence of making choices. Yeah. So the paper that we're covering today is called When Not Choosing Leads to Not Liking Choice-Induced Preference in Infancy. Uh, so pretty simple. No crazy words. Yeah. Something I want to highlight is the choice-induced preferences. Um, because that sounds weird, right? If you think about it, choice-induced preferences. Right. Because that's basically saying that the act of choosing influence your preferences. Right. When you think that it's the other way around, where that you prefer something, so, so you, you then choose, choose it. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but from the title and from some other research that the authors quote, we can see that it actually works the other way around, too. Hmm. Now, before we get into how they test this, uh, let's get into some of the background stuff. So the authors say that some scholars believe that choice-induced preferences are evidence of what's known as cognitive dissonance, which is a stress phenomenon that occurs when our beliefs and choices or actions do not line up. So for example, Zach, if you believe that exercising is important, therefore you exercise. Right. There's no mismatch between your beliefs and your behaviors and what yep. you actually do. Yep. Um, if one of those flips, right, if you have the opposite belief or you don't do the behavior, you do... Um, you get cognitive dissonance, again, which is kind of a stressful feeling that you don't line up. Right. Um, and in this case, would be strongly believing in exercising, but never doing it, or knowing that smoking is bad, but you still do it. Yeah. Right? That's cognitive dissonance. Right. Um, <clears throat> but this phenomenon could be true with any choice, really. If you're choosing something, you need to justify to yourself um, you know, that you chose it for a reason, even if there isn't really much difference, even if you don't believe hard in something. Yeah. Sometimes if you do an action, it's a lot easier to then back it up with uh, you know, proving to yourself that you had a stronger reason for that choice. Right. So even if the choice was a 50-50 split and you're like, I don't really care, I'll pick this one, um, you automatically try to align your preferences up with what your actions were. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of a psychological thing to avoid that kind of stressful phenomenon of cognitive dissonance. Um, but people do not only prefer the one that they choose. So let's say there's just two things. They don't just prefer the one they choose. Right. This phenomenon was actually reflected in a decrease of liking the unchosen object. So they not only say, well, I picked you know this phone for a reason. They right. also say, I picked this one and I don't like that one. True. And that's really key. Because that's kind of the basis, and you'll see when we get to the experiment breakdowns exactly how we test this. So keep that in mind. Yep. Um, <clears throat> now, if the whole cognitive dissonance thing were true, uh, this whole phenomenon would require an understanding of ourselves, right? Like you'd have to rationalize why we chose something. 
Um, but they show that they have these types of preferences in four-year-old kids and even monkeys, right? So they they have those same feelings toward things, um, or sorry, their, their preferences will be induced or uh, changed by the choices that they make. So this suggests that cognitive dissonance as, as a construct doesn't completely explain it, right? Right, Because a, a four-year-old kid or even a monkey doesn't really make choices based on, well, I'm this kind of person, so I'm going to, ch- I like this better. Yeah. Um, so the research aims to uncover, you know, this kind of idea. So, the idea of a self-concept is important for this process. Um, then why, then would we see it in infants? Uh, because they have no developed sense of themselves or their identity, if you will. Yeah. Right. So testing it on them um, kind of g- goes around this whole cognitive dissonance thing to explain, well, maybe that might not be the actual cause of this. And again, it was that research right. done in, in younger kids and four-year-olds and monkeys that kind of spurred this. So this whole paper is broken down into four experiments uh, that the authors performed each on different infants. And for each experiment, they got around 20 to 30 babies. Um, and they're all between 10 and 20 months old. So just over a year, maybe a little bit closer to two years. So yeah. um, young. Yep. Those are babies. Um, so all of the experiments involved equally attractive items. In this case, there were little foam blocks that had colors on them that were not significant whatsoever. Right. Um, and the babies would choose from uh, these blocks. So block A and B are the initial blocks, and block C is the third block that they'll introduce after. Again, when I say block, it's just a little foam. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like those like little building blocks that we play it's, as kids. Exactly. Yep. So experiment one presented uh, A and B to the babies. So they got block A and block B. Um, and for the sake of explaining this, the way the authors did it was that block B always refers to the unchosen block, regardless of what its actual pattern was, because it's all randomized. It doesn't matter. And block A is the one that they do choose. Block C is the one that they introduce um, in the second half of these trials. So A and B are presented, and the babies essentially chose equal amounts of each block. So there's no difference. uh, Yeah, They just kind of go, okay, I like that one. I'm going to take it, and I like that one. Um, And they removed the blocks, and then they take block B, so the one that they didn't choose, mm-hmm. and compared it to block C. They gave them the option between a new block and this block. And 76% of the babies chose block C over block B. Right? So suggests that they essentially avoided block B yeah. because they had previously not chosen it. Oh. Uh, and they chose to take block C over top of it. That's kind of cool. What was the issue here? Is, well, if they presented a new block, maybe they didn't dislike block B. They just chose block C because it was new. Right. Like, oh, wow. Well, if I got a choice between one I already chose from and a new one, I'll choose the new one because it's new and cool, um, which leads us to experiment number two. Okay. Very similar, um, but they had to remove the choice aspect to see if there were differences in, in what they chose in the second part. Right. So in this case, the, the experimenter showed the baby blocks A and B. Um, and then they had, they had these clear buckets, shuffled them around. So the, the experimenter was giving them essentially equal, equal ones of A and B. Yep. Um, and then gave them one to play with, um, which again, we'll call block A. doesn't matter what it actually is, but that's the one that was given to them. So the baby looked at both blocks yeah. and was given one right. um, at a random point. And then later, again, they gave them, they say, well, I gave them block A, uh, I gave them block A, and now let's see what their preference is. Which one will they take, block C or block B? So the one that was previously not unchosen, but not given. Right. 
right? So in this case, we're removing the baby's actually taking the choice. So now it's just between something I've seen before and something that's new, but block B wasn't unchosen. It was just the other one because it was given to them. They didn't actually make the choice. What do the results show? An even split. Babies don't care. They'll just choose each B and C equally. Okay. So in this case, the newness of block C didn't actually change anything. Because they didn't have the choice. Because they didn't have a choice, which suggests that experiment one, the difference you saw between the choice of B and C was because they had previously not chosen B. Yeah. And they, again, they justified that in their little baby brains of of whatever, again, whatever psychological process. Even babies are stubborn. (laughs) Um, so yeah, suggesting that the first trial was because the babies chose block A, that yeah. they disliked block B, and that's why they chose block C. But now they knew all these options, but they didn't choose block A. They right. were given block A, and they didn't care uh, between block B and C. Um, and so that uh, that choosing part uh, was really key there. Um, but what about the choice? Uh, do they need to actually evaluate the toys beforehand? So in this case, they wanted babies to actively choose an option without knowing what it was before. So when the baby, or, or sorry, when when the baby decides which block they like and dislike, so experiment three had again similar procedures, uh, but in the first part of the trial they were shown both blocks, but then they were placed under opaque buckets and mixed up. Right. So they said, okay, I've got block A and B. You see them. The baby knows that. You put them under buckets, you rearrange them, and then you say, okay, baby, pick a bucket, yeah. right? And they would crawl and they would choose which one they wanted, and then that's the toy that they would get. Um, so the baby chose without essentially knowing which one they were going to get. They knew what the options were, right. but they chose without knowing which one they were going to get. And then again, they tested afterwards to see if they uh, you know, if they preferred block C over the pre- previously unchosen block B, and there was no difference. Right, so if they if they are making the choice, but they don't know what choice they're making, there's no difference between block B and block C. Yeah, they don't they don't care because they didn't technically have an agency in that choice. They yep. knew what the options were. Um, so because they didn't evaluate it prior, uh, there's no dislike of block B. Yeah. they were just like ah, like I I didn't I didn't unchoose block B. I don't care. I like it just as much as block C. Right. Um, so choice induced preferences require knowledge of the options in order to work. Um, you're not just given something and you automatically, Oh, I like this one more. Um, and then you have to know exactly what you're getting before you can actually like, and then dislike the other option. Yeah. Now, what if we said maybe the babies just liked the one they picked and always disliked the one they didn't pick. So what if this comes down to what they call as an intrinsic preference rather than a change induced by the act of choosing? Right. Right. So, that's where experiment four comes in. So this one had the blocks under opaque buckets again, but the babies were shown um, what was under each bucket. So they, they'd show them what was under each bucket. They wouldn't mix them up. Yeah. They'd, cl- shove it, or they, they'd put the opaque buckets over top, and then they'd give the baby, it's okay, like you want to pick. So the baby would look at the bucket and say, okay, that toy's under that bucket, and that toy's under that bucket. Yeah. So they're actively, they know what they're choosing. Yeah. Uh, but then they would switch the colors <laughs> underneath. So there was like this little trap door underneath the table. They would go f- and they'd switch the uh, the toilets under each bucket. So they were flipped without the babies knowing. So they essentially got the block uh, they that they didn't. didn't choose, but believed they were choosing. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. And this, this is, <laughs> which would essentially what they say is they would give the babies a compelling illusion of having chosen one block when in reality that they chose the other one. Right. Bamboozled. So they were essentially led to believe that they had chose the option that they didn't actually pick. Right. So if they had an intrinsic preference for one type of block, like let's say baby looks at it and he says like, oh, I'm definitely going for block A. He flips it and he gets block B. Now, how does he see block B in comparison to Two. block C? Yeah. Because if it were an intrinsic preference, he would hate the other one. Yeah. Because he didn't pick it. Because he, he didn't actually pick it. He wanted yeah. to get the other one. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so any differences in choosing block B versus C would come down to the effect that the prior choice had on their preference. So in this case, they still made the choice, yeah. but it wasn't based on their preference for that block, uh, that intrinsic preference. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened in the second phase, 70% of the babies chose the new block over block B. So regardless of the actual, uh, type of block like maybe the baby's like oh i just like red or i like yellow whatever block it is yeah regardless of that because they chose it even though it was the wrong one they still preferred block c over block b which was the unchosen one yeah so if that i mean it's kind of a, <laughs> a weird loop to, no like it's to make sense it's like of, the opposite concept right like because again what you think it is is that your preferences impact your choices but it's actually your choices that impact your preferences because exactly. like they didn't know that they didn't choose that one. So when they received it, they liked the other one because they didn't have the choice of picking it. Yeah. So then when they see the other one, they're like, Ooh, this is different. I like this one. <laughs> Even though they've like, they didn't have the preference of it. it the which choice is, impacted the preference, which is funny. Cause if you think about it, like, let's say like they went for block a and, and they didn't want it. Cause then we were saying block a is the chosen one. They went to block a, but mm-hmm. then they switched them. So in reality, they chose block B. Yeah. But they received block A, and then they didn't like, give. Yeah. A, then they liked block C better than block B, even though realistically, it's block A. It, it it was the intrinsic natures of block B that they or block B that they liked initially. Yeah. But then they were switched. So, this ensures that the the intrinsic preferences went actually in fear. Um, right. And the effect was was seen uh, because they actually still made that choice earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, again, kind of confusing, kind of fascinating if you can follow along with the logic. But taken together, what do these experiments actually mean? Well, the psychology behind why we choose things is, you know, much more built in, you know, than we think, right? And it starts very early on in life. So the idea that, you know, we make all of our decisions based on, you know, just this rigid, uh, you know, reasoning and, and our identity is, is false. It, you, you have a lot of stuff relating to that, but yep. it's not all based on that. Um, it much might play a much more important role later on in life. I um, mean, you need a separate study to kind of look at that in right. adults. Um, but as a one-year-old, we're already learning to how to shape our preferences for certain things. Um, and they're obviously not based on the, the baby's ability to know exactly which one's better. Yeah. Right. Again, the, the point of this you is that, know there was, that they're just equal toys and everything yeah. was randomized. The only thing that was different was, well, which one did you pick? Right. Right. Um, in this case, there were choice changes to these equally attractive toys, um, and subsequent preferences were informed by the prior choice that they had made. Yeah. Um, now again, this doesn't have like any direct application to everyone listening. We're obviously not one years old, um, but it's at least, at least a lesson on 
potentially understanding why we do the things that we do. Um, and yeah, which is a huge, right? Like, I think culturally, the point I kind of want to get across is everyone seems to think they know the answers to everything, right? They know yeah. exactly why they do this and they know with this showing this basically means that, you know, it's most likely not because there's one correct way to think or one better choice all the time. Right. But it may have more to do with a very innate kind of early development differences between people and what kind of choices. Yeah. And you could wonder the effect of different choices, uh, the availability of different choices um, on this development. Like, did you have a choice? What were your options? Right. Um, all that kind of stuff. And that'll differ, differ between different people. Oh, for sure. Some people are exposed to different things. Some people, again, as a baby, as adults, yeah. that effect can be quite complex. And there's things that you don't think about that are mm -hmm. kind of informing why you do and don't like things um, that kind of go on subconsciously. Yeah, they don't even know. Like just even before this, I never really thought about the whole idea of it kind of being the opposite because you would just assume that your preferences, like I prefer this and then you would choose. But like it, like when we talked about it earlier, it's so true, like how you'll choose something and then you have to rationalize it to yourself. So then you change your preferences. Like something might have fit a little bit better, but you chose something else. So then you change your preferences. Like, oh, yeah. like they offered you coffee and tea, but you ordered tea, but you wanted coffee. But like, but I, I like, I wanted tea this time. Like, you know, <laughs> like you have to rationalize it for yourself there. And whatever it is. And that's, and that's the, those, those processes are complex. That would probably happen with every social interaction that you, you know, you get into as an adult. Um, yeah. But again, like the idea that it, it just starts way earlier on, like babies don't understand all that kind of stuff. And that phenomenon is still happening. Right. So it's almost like we're taught to do that, you know, or not taught, but it, we're intrinsically wired to, to make those decisions and to justify yeah. those decisions and whatever, uh, you know, you could argue evolutionary or developmental kind of ad, you know, advantage that that gave you. I don't know. Right. But it's, it's still interesting to at least kind of shine light on that and for people to understand that too, because I think... Again, there's this kind of notion that people just do, they know why they do everything. Yeah. In this case, you know, babies don't have a self-concept. Exactly. In this case, they're just doing. Yep. Um, and the, you've seen the, uh, the results play out, and those are quite fascinating. Yeah. But there's, there's one choice that I know all of you have, and that's whether or not to listen to the fiscal frisk. Fiscal frisk. And I'm here to make that decision for you. Oh. Yes. You do listen to the fiscal frisk. Thank you. Every Thursday morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's November. No, wait till <laughs> December. You can you can have your Christmas music on by yourself. All right. And with that, we cast you off into the world. Please enjoy the rest of your day. We look forward to connecting with you next Thursday. If you have any feedback or topic suggestions, let me know. My contact is in the description. Music by Chase Drew. Mm -hmm. So for Zach and I, stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you next time on the Health Science Podcast.